welcome to Brave Knitting, episode four, with a release date of November 15th, 2019. And I'm Anne. And I'm Linda. Well, Linda, what are we being brave about today? Yarn. Yarn. Oh, yes. That yarn, makes sense. Yarn, yarn, Yeah, because we've talked about knitting a sweater. We've talked about a first sweater. We've talked about finding a pattern. And what comes next? Find the yarn. Find my favorite yarn. part. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Finding the yarn can also be... Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yes. Much are, like the pattern. Right. There are a lot of choices out there. So I don't know. Infinite. Yeah, exactly. So what do you look for? How do you start? What do you do when you're looking for yarn? Well, I think particularly for a beginner, um, two main considerations when you're talking about yarn are the weight of the yarn and fiber content. Okay. The weight of the yarn is something that is standard in the yarn industry. And I'm going to give you, give you guys a reference to the uh, Yarn Council has a standard yarn weight system. Hmm. And you'll see on skeins of yarn a little symbol that will have a number between zero and seven. Okay. And that represents the weight of the yarn. Okay. So, for example, I'm going to get these wrong. <laughs> okay. Here, see if I can pull it up on my computer. The only screen. one yeah. I know off the top of my head is I think four is worsted. Four is worsted, that's indeed. The, that's the only time I've ever heard it referred okay. to as a number. Um, zero is lace. Okay. One is fingering. Mm -hmm. Two is sport. Okay. Three is DK. Four is worsted. Mm -hmm. Five is Aaron. Okay. Six is, and this is where I get confused about bulky, super bulky, right. et cetera. But anyway, there is a chart at the uh, Yarn Council site, and it's kind of a handy thing to, to have. It took me a long time. Like you were saying, you knew that um, yeah. four was worsted. Right. It took me a long time to kind of memorize which yarn weight was smaller than the other. Now, right. Now they're in my brain. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that whole lace, sport weight, DK, I mean, does anyone know what DK, DK stands for? DK stands for double knitting. Oh. Or double knit. Well, who knew? Yes. <laughs> I did not know that. A lot of people knew, yeah. No, that's <laughs> not me. I'm and not then, shocked. Well, and then in the UK, somebody's going to tell us that we're wrong. Okay, my phone never rings, and my phone is ringing. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever calls me when we're recording. That's okay. All right. So. All right. So after you've established weight, and, you know, we've talked about this before, thicker weight is usually a little bit easier for a beginner, mm -hmm. the, the smaller the weight. For me in particular, the more difficult. I'm getting much more proficient at fingering weight, and I have found that I really I'm enjoying sport weight these days, oh, wow. which is just one level up from fingering. Okay. But anyway, uh, the other consideration is the fiber. Yes, there is so much out there, and I learn more and more every single day. I mean, we all know that there's wool and all sorts of animals that, <laughs> you know, create fiber like yaks and alpacas and goats and 
rabbits and I don't, you know, everything. Sometimes right. I look at my dog. He's this little <laughs> Shih Tzu Bichon Frise mix, and he's got the most beautiful, soft fluff. You could have a Shih Tzu Bichon Frise. <laughs> I, I have heard of people using their cat fur. <laughs> cat and dog fur. I don't know. It kind of grosses me out. I know. It, it does me, too. But cotton and acrylic, sort of wool, cotton, and acrylic are probably kind of. the three that we most frequently right. encounter, right? Yeah. You think about... I don't know. Around here, we live in Dallas, Texas. It gets hot a lot of the time. So I feel like you um, like to go towards the fibers that will be a little bit cooler. Right. You I know. really like um, cotton. I'm going to be talking later in this episode about a cotton bamboo yarn Ooh. that I'm um, about to start using on a sweater. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think once again... You need to consider the project to consider what fiber you want to use. Right. You probably wouldn't put, use put cashmere for a baby sweater, right? Those, not. <laughs> those cute little baby sweaters I made for my niece and my husband's uh, business <laughs> unless, associate. Unless the baby is royalty yes, or something, yes. I suppose. Um, <laughs> but so we see um, more and more. I see superwash oh. wool yeah. in the stores. I see more superwash than I see regular wool. I think these days. And I understand you recently discovered what makes Superwash so super. <laughs> I did. Um, I have actually, I, I just in the past year have knitted a, a baby blanket, and you were so right. Superwash is what kind of what you want to do. You don't want to give a new mom, you know, some blanket that has to be specially treated, hand washed, that sort of thing. And uh, when we t we're talking about, we're going to talk about fiber and yarns, I looked into, I um you know, what, what makes superwash superwash? And it's that they remove the scales from the sides of the yarn. And there are a lot of different uh, ways that they do that, a lot of different processes. And I suppose that kind of determines maybe, you know, the, the, the price of the yarn or the quality of the yarn, because some of those processes can be pretty rough, I think, on the yarn. But, uh -huh. yeah, and the superwash, this is something that I did not know about it. Um, you know, the first time I washed that baby blanket that I made, and my little ends came out all over it. And I thought, okay, I'll just snip those off. Oh, because I didn't have the scales to right. grab onto. Yes, and okay. I had a friend tell me, oh, don't worry about that. After a while, those will start to really bind together, you know. And But now I realize, whoa. Maybe somebody out there knows, you know, will, will it actually eventually start to really bind together? Or every time they wash it, is, are those little ends going to come out again? Because there are not those scales to hold it to the yarn. Oh, that's a good... Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. I think, you know, I know that I have tried to veer away from superwash recently. Okay. Mainly because real wool that isn't superwash <clears throat> is a little more, um, I guess, pliable or blockable. Um, you, you, you know, can't block superwash. You can't block superwash. No. no. Or you, you can, but the, the results are just, you don't really, you're not able to make any real changes to your garment as a result of right. blocking the way you can with, with regular wool. Right. So I would think in the case of your little ends that, perhaps a, a fix is that when you're weaving stuff in is you 
you kind of weave directly into the ply of the oh, yarn. Right. Or that once you've cut and you have those little ends that keep wanting to pop out, that maybe you sort of intentionally fray those to make those oh. sort of bigger. And Good so idea. that they, they, they can't. Good idea. Well, it's too late for that baby just, blanket. Just but an idea. Maybe next time. And, and just one more thing that I learned about Superwash that um, it's something to bear in mind. I have not run into this, but that Superwash yarn does not absorb dye uh, as well as a regular, you know. Really? Yeah. And to just check for color fastness. Again, I have never run into that, but it just mentioned that. I have a handy dandy book that I purchased and. Um, it is called The Knitter's Book of Yarn, The Ultimate Guide to Choosing, Using, and Enjoying Yarn by Clara, Clara Parks. Okay. And so I've grabbed a lot of information out of that for this discussion today. And I think that, you know, there, there is so much information in this book. Um, everyone needs to have a copy. So yeah. can you tell us a couple of fun facts that you learned? Oh, I did. I did learn some fun facts. Okay. Just a couple. Um, virgin wool. What do you think virgin <laughs> wool is? It sounds awfully special. Mm, it does. Yes, it sounds very innocent. <laughs> um, all that means is that that yarn has never been made into a textile before. It's never been a sweater before. It's never been woven or knitted before. Mm, so, okay. I mean, I, I would assume that every skein I purchase has never been knitted into something before right. unless otherwise specified so Interesting. I thought that was funny because, you know, you see, right. oh, well, this is virgin, virgin wool. Virgin wool, yes. It kind of makes me wonder about it's... virgin olive oil now. <laughs> well, that I know mean? what that is about, but that's okay. a whole other okay. discussion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, but another one that I learned that I thought was kind of interesting is mohair comes from angora goats, but angora comes from rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Uh, a little trivia for All you right, today. Yes. I'll, if I'm on Jeopardy, I'll remember that. Exactly. Definitely do. And then also um, just something to think about. Um, there is worsted wool and there is worsted spun wool. And maybe too much to get into here. And I'm not sure that I understand the specifics, but I, you know, you see worsted wool, you, you assume it's yeah, th those are kind of two different, I think that they're two different, kind of two different things. You can have another type of wool that is worsted spun, another weight, evidently. Oh, okay. So maybe somebody out there knows and I know more that about there, that. When, when we're talking about wool, I know that from being on some Facebook groups that where there are a lot of listeners from other parts of the world, uh, particularly the UK, that mm -hmm. they have some different terminology like they refer to any yarn as wool so okay. even if it's acrylic they call it wool which oh, okay. i just think is kind of really and funny they call cotton ball cotton balls wool cotton wool or something don't they oh i hadn't heard that that, well, that could be i could be wrong but. um and then i know that they talk about two ply and four ply okay and and double knitting okay and they use the terms differently than we do and I didn't think we were going to talk about this today, so I didn't, I didn't <laughs> I brush up on, on the facts there. But anyway, that is okay. Okay. But um, how about, I mean, like, what do you like to knit with? Um, do you like expensive yarns? Do you like inexpensive yarns? Well, before I get into that, um, 
I did have an experience <clears throat> with a very new kind of yarn recently when I went to this Denise Bell class last weekend. Oh. And we were using the Lopi yarn, Ooh. which is an unspun or unplied, I forget, I'm using the wrong term, I'm sure, yarn. So it's very light and airy. Um, think of cotton candy, I guess, is the best way to, <laughs> to think about it. And we had posted on Instagram a, um, a picture of the little swatch that I did. We did some right. swatching because this, this class was about designing a, a traditional Icelandic yoke sweater. And so we were working really on, class was mainly focusing on patterning for mm -hmm. your, your yoke. But she brought all this yarn, which is very inexpensive in Iceland, sold in the grocery stores, like 3 or $4 a skein. Wow. Uh, people really like it because it's inexpensive. It's very, very light. So you can have a very lightweight sweater that is very warm. So in places like Iceland, where, or today in Dallas, where it's very cold, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. it's really handy. And it really wears well. I must say that I purchased an Icelandic wool sweater when I was about 15 years old. And now that I'm <laughs> Over slightly 15? Old, so older, 15, older than 15, yeah, it lasted. I mean, it, I may have now given it away, but it, it, I, I would still have it. I could still wear it, oh, I cool. swear, to this day. Yeah, that wears like well, iron. For, <clears throat> for me, the jury's still out on this yarn. I, okay. I did not buy any at the workshop. I'm not going to say I'm never going to use it. Mm -hmm. uh, it. Just it's kind of interesting as you're knitting along. It it can break easily because okay. it isn't um, plied, right. and so it's kind of good and bad. It can break easily, but when it breaks off, you just kind of pick it up again and start knitting again. But because it is unlike the superwash that right. doesn't really have any scales, mm -hmm. it's all sort of sticky and mm -hmm. so it sticks together very easily. So you don't even have to you know like join it in any sort of way. Okay. You just kind of lay it on top of like the last little bit that you have and, and keep knitting. So do you find, it seems like, I mean, my sweater has seemed very hairy. Is it, is it easy to split the yarn as you're knitting? And no, knit into, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really. say that okay. because there's nothing to split because it's not plied. Okay. Right? Okay. Right. To, yeah. To split, just, it would have to be a ply and okay. So yeah. Think of cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> huh. But anyway, it was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, now, I am a little bit of a yarn snob. Okay. And I don't like using acrylic. And okay. I, although I say that, and I really haven't used any acrylic in a long time. Oh, although I, I did buy a kit to do some cute little Christmas sweater ornaments for our knitting group last year. And the yarn was so horrible that I made like half of one little sweater and I thought, this is just crap. I'm not using this. Oh, so yeah. I, I made a copy of the pattern and yeah. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll make these little sweaters in wool and give them out as ornaments some other year. Right. <laughs> because Use it didn't happen stash. last year. Oh my gosh. And, and then I ended up donating the yarn. We have a, um, a trash to treasure table mm -hmm. at our knitting guild. So I took it to the knitting guild and, you know, right. somebody there hopefully en enjoyed the, the kit and the acrylic yarn that I didn't <laughs> enjoy. But so I have a real negative opinion about 
acrylic yarn, but I know you've had some different yeah. experiences. Uh, evidently, not all acrylic yarn is created equal, huh? <laughs> uh, and I did look into the acrylic yarn. This, again, is come from the um, book by Clara Parks. I thought it was interesting that um, acrylic yarn has been in production since approximately 1950 and came from the wartime development of rubber. And listen to this. This will really make you love acrylic wool. Um, uh, Acrylic, acrylic wool has a chemical base of 85 to 90% vinyl cyanide, mm. which does not sound good. And um, <laughs> Put that or, around your baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or the other thing is something that I can't pronounce, or acrylonitrite. Maybe that's it. And the remaining 10 to 15% of it is something else that determines the special characteristics of that acrylic fiber and is, has different uh, industry names. But um, acrylic wool uh, can um, can be good. Isn't that an oxymoron? I guess. <laughs> no, not really. Um, it does have excellent elasticity. It wears. Better so when you than say acrylic wool, wool, do you mean one hundred percent acrylic wool? Well, then it's not wool. I know you're you're right. You're right. See, maybe I'm maybe, maybe I'm you're British. British and you just refer to everything <laughs> as wool. Okay, That's I know. I was is. thinking maybe when you said acrylic wool, maybe you meant like a, a blend. I'm of sorry. Wool no, okay. no, no. Very, okay. Thank you for stopping me. Yes, um, just an acrylic yarn. Okay, okay, but it has a less <laughs> excellent elasticity and wears better than pure wool. It wicks away moisture and is quick drying, and it is not prone to moth damage or mildew damage, but it is heat sensitive. <laughs> I suppose it could melt under yeah. certain circumstances. Don't iron. I think I have maybe 12 and you need multiple balls of those colors. And so I did not want to spend an arm and a leg because I already had a lot of yarn <laughs> purchased. And, um, I found this uh, I was following a, a knitter online, and she was using Stylecraft Special Erin 100% Premium. There's the word you're looking premium for. Acrylic. Premium acrylic. Okay. And each ball is 214 yards, 100 grams for $2.69 a skein. All right. Now we're talking. Yeah, exactly. So, and I've, I've been very pleasantly surprised. But you, you like using it. You haven't yeah. had, any, you haven't oh, had no. the, the problem that I had with my no. little mini sweater. No, it, it is uh, very nice to knit with. It's soft. And the knitted fiber that it makes is very squishy and, and soft okay. and nice. So I, I would just say, you know, don't don't turn up your nose at all acrylic. Just, you know, go and, and right. touch it and feel it. I will try to be more open-minded <laughs> about acrylic. Maybe some of our listeners will send us some of their favorite acrylic yarns and we can, we can try them out. Absolutely. But in the meantime, <laughs> I really like being a yarn snob yes. and spending money on yarn. So going to the opposite end of the extreme, yes. what would you say is the most luxurious of fibers? Hmm. Well, I do I have enjoyed some cashmere, which I know Ooh. you're going to talk about in okay. a minute. Yes. I One of my most favorite yarns is... Uh, Magpie Fibers Swanky DK. Ooh, swanky. And it was $34 a skein. Oh, oh my gosh. And I really enjoyed working with that yarn. Okay. So my experience has been, there are some exceptions, but, you know, the old you get what you pay for. True. 
Um, and if you're if you're able to, and what I and what I find for myself too, when I've invested a lot of money in the yarn, I think I'm just a little bit more careful about my knitting. Mm -hmm. That for me, for me, it's it's a better experience. Okay. So, um, okay. but you know, not everybody has the <laughs> has right. the ability to spend a lot of money on yarn. That's exactly right. Um, and you know, it was interesting when. You brought up cashmere. I thought that I would look into that a little bit, and it may be worth the money. Uh, the cashmere, cashmere comes from the cashmere goat, and each cashmere goat only makes enough. It's his, it's his soft little um, uh, undercoat uh, that is guarded by these longer uh, kind of I don't want to say sharp, but harder, um, coarser guard hairs. And each cashmere goat every year only makes enough cashmere for about a scarf. So it's very hard to come by. You know, there's just not, they just don't make a lot of it. It's just amazing that we have so much, as much cashmere as we do. There must right? be a lot of goats there in the world. There must be a lot of cashmere, cashmere goats. goats. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other part that makes it uh, very expensive is that they have to remove those guard hairs. And that is kind of a time-consuming process, and it can be difficult to get them all out. And I have felt, like in some cashmere, like I've had a sweater before oh, right. that you sometimes, if you run your arm or run your hand up your arm, you'll hit maybe kind of a sharper, um, like hair. almost like a little piece of stick or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's the guard hair that did not get removed, and it's almost impossible. It, that, that's not a sign of a bad cashmere if there are a few guard hairs left in it. It's okay. just that difficult to remove them. And the cost of the cashmere can be more um, because of the process they use, the more care they use, and the more diligently they go after those guard hairs. It's just a lot of labor, and um, it just makes it more expensive. So it could be, it could be worth right. I remember a big dollar. seeing a little video that was on was on Facebook. Um, I don't. Oh. A while ago, I don't know. I, I think I happened to click on it maybe six months ago or so. But it was a little video that that was kind of like, "This is why cashmere is so expensive." Yeah. And they, they actually did a video of the entire process, right. and so you really came to appreciate it. And I do have to say, I think we talked about, I think last time around we talked about the shift cowl right. that I made, and that was cashmere. Oh wow! And it it's really beautiful to wear, and it was yeah. really lovely to knit with. I want to find some of that, and you know, um, I think that. Um, there has to be some, th there's so much in the middle. You know, I mean, you've got, I wouldn't say that acrylic is, you know, absolutely 100% the bottom, you know, the bottom of it is inexpensive though. And you go all the way to cashmere, but there's kind of, you know, there's a lot in the middle. And there is. And yeah. I, I actually have um, a few, what I would think less expensive yarns that I have really enjoyed working with. Um, and one of them is called Chic Sheep. Oh, that's cute. And... I first heard about it when I was taking a class from Ann Burke, who's a woman who kind of specializes in Intarsia, mm -hmm. and she has a book called Ann Tarja, because oh. her name is Ann. I it? like that. Anyway, her, her class was very good, and in the class, this was about three years ago, she was using this chic sheep yarn. And it was it had not been released yet, and it's it's made by Red Heart. And oh. when they when it when it did become available a couple months after the class that I took, it was only available online at Joann's. 
Okay. And I ended up buying some and using it for a couple different projects. And it's a, it's a worsted weight yarn. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really nice to work with. It came in some really fun colors. So particularly yeah. if you had children's sweaters or things, um, very nice yarn. And it's $10 a skein. Okay. Very reasonable. I have done a little research, and it is no longer available at Joann's, but it mm-hmm. seems now that it's more widely available at other places. Okay. But not at it's Joann's. It's just not exclusively yeah. somewhere. Um, Another yarn that we've talked about before that I think is is reasonably priced is the Malabrigo and the the Rios, which is a, a worsted weight yarn that mm-hmm. we've both. Or maybe you have never knitted. Um, no, I just have watched you and drooled. Right, while and you you've watched. Knitted. And our friend Terry used it also on a, mm-hmm. that knit along sweater we did. But I've used it a couple times. I'm actually using it again right now on a sweater I'm making uh, as a gift, and. You can generally find it for fourteen to sixteen dollars. Really? No, I would have thought skein. that was much more expensive. Right. Wow! And beautiful, beautiful colors. The sock yarn, which has has a lot more yardage for per skein, is about nineteen dollars a skein. Okay. So, uh, you know, maybe more than some some people want to spend, but I, I think a, a pretty good yarn. Okay. But once again, a uh, a super wash. So that's you know. Mm. <laughs> uh, but, and the other yarn that I just happened on this summer is called Bamboo Pop, okay. and it is the cotton and bamboo yarn, mm-hmm. and it was only $8.75 a skein. Oh, that's good. And I'm getting ready to, to use it on a sweater. I've, I've actually done a swatch, but I haven't made the sweater yet. Okay, that's exciting. Uh, yes. Do report back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, we've talked before about buying things online right. yes. versus uh, at your local yeah, you know, and a lot of times you can find yarn cheaper online. Online, however, yeah, my preference yeah. is still to try to support my local yarn store. Absolutely, and also the festivals that you can go to, because what I have found, I haven't purchased that much online, but to be able to feel it, to be able to really see the color, I think it's hard to really show the color. Online, oh, definitely. You know, I, I bought some yarn actually a couple of weeks ago online, and because it was only available online, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to use this yarn for this particular project, and I bought this color that online, and I had looked on Ravelry even, so looked at many many projects of using that color, mm-hmm. and when I got the yarn, it wasn't really what I expected. It, right. it, it'll be fine. It's not. It's not for me. If it was for me, it's a color I really hate to begin with. Oh no! And so it's a shade that I'm like, ooh, I really don't like. Right. But, but you're right. You yeah. just you you don't really know until you see it in person. And right. I I must say that you know the acrylic yarn that I bought, the Stylecraft, um, they had a ton of different colors, and for the temperature blanket, I needed a ton of different colors, and uh, you know. I wouldn't say that the colors are, are exactly what I thought that they were going to be. Um, yeah, so finding it online, I think, is is a little bit more difficult. But you can I mean, always go to the, your yarn shop yeah. first. Support if you can. your local yarn shop exactly. if you can. But I mean, some people can't. Some people don't have a yarn right. shop near them. Right. And, and sometimes you can't get the yarn that you want from right. your local yarn shop. And they'll be the first person to say, you know, the first people to say, well, you know, here, try here online or right. wherever. But... Yes. Okay. Well, now um, (laughs) this is a problem that I have, and I think you're better at this than I am. I have accumulated quite a bit of yarn, 
and I have quite a mess of yarn <laughs> in my room. And how do you organize your stash? All right. Well, I have really tried to de-stash recently because we talked previously about, you know, I used to be one of these people that would fall in love with the yarn and buy it right. and not really have a project in mind. And I found that that just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I realize that works well for a lot of other people. So for me, what I do now, my, my stash, even though I have a, a reasonable amount of stash, I try to really contain it. And so my, all of my knitting-related things is in an old toy box <laughs> that we're looking at here in my house mm -hmm. that used to belong to my kids, but they're all gone now. Um, and so what I do is I, when I buy yarn, because now I only buy yarn that <laughs> is for a specific project, right. I put the pattern and the yarn in a little project bag, mm -hmm. and I have, I'm lucky that I do have, I've accumulated quite a few project bags over the last few years, so I have maybe 10 or 12. Awesome. So I put, put the pattern in the yarn in the project bag, and I make a little tag that I put on the outside of the bag that has a photo of the project. So, and then I, I've got a way of, of attaching that to the, the project bag, and then I just throw it in the toy box. So I have a bunch of, uh, project bag is just thrown in the toy box with their designated project yarn. Mm -hmm. And I have tried to limit myself. I have a, a, a plastic tub also inside the toy box where it's the yarn that doesn't have a home yet, doesn't okay. have a project. For example, I went to Scotland a couple months ago and I did break my rule and buy a few skeins of Scottish oh, wool. In Scotland, you must. And those skeins don't have a home. I, I have a couple other skeins of yarn that, that don't have a project because mm -hmm. I've changed my mind about what I initially thought I would use them for or they are from that phase in my life where I was still buying yarn. <laughs> <laughs> would love at first sight. Right. Um, but I limited my – I have this little t plastic tub, and I limit it to that. If it starts overflowing from that, then I – Cut then yourself I, off. I give it away. Okay. And once again, mm -hmm. taking yarn to the trash to treasure table at the Knitting Guild is, is really great. I know there are a lot of charities and senior citizen homes that, that take yarn that people don't want. So I have that tub, and then I have another littler tub for kind of leftovers and scraps. Right. So when I'm done knitting a sweater, if I still have a little bit left, I'll put it in there. But once again, when that little plastic tub gets overflowed, mm -hmm. I throw it away because it's usually just a, a small right. scrap anyway. Exactly. Um, and once again, that's just me because I, I don't like clutter and clutter makes me anxious. Right. So that's, that's what I do, but I'm really curious to hear what other people do. And I, cause I know a lot of our listeners out there probably have huge, vast stash yes. amounts. Yes. And how they keep that all straight. And I must say that Linda's trying to help me. She just, my birthday was last month and she bought me a really darling bag with llamas all over it. So yes, I'm getting some bags going. That's awesome. Okay. So what are you raving about? Okay. What am I raving about, uh, today? Well, um, I would say probably this book, this book that I am 
talking about the Knitter's Book of Yarn, the ultimate guide to choosing, using, and enjoying yarn. That's what it, I would say that I would rave about today. And also, um, I recently purchased for myself, speaking of yarn, um, I was winding yarn by myself. And like before we started today, it was, uh, <laughs> I told Linda that it takes me like an hour to wind a ball. It's just like, it doesn't take you an hour, <laughs> but to hand, hand, um, to hand wind it. And so I ended up buying myself a, uh, a skiff, a yarn skiff and a hand winder. And I was really excited about that. And, um, but uh, I bought a Stanwood Needle Craft wooden umbrella swift, and I bought a hand winder for, um, I guess it's a medium size uh, handball winder. So I would say that that is what I'm raving about today because it takes me absolutely zero time to do that, to wind a ball. Okay, <laughs> so go ahead. Um, my, I'm gonna rave about some yarns that I've used recently. Okay. Uh, the first, as I mentioned earlier, is the Magpie Fiber uh, Swanky DK. Right. Really lovely. 34 bucks a skein if you can afford it. <laughs> Likewise, in the, I think it's $32 a skein, is the Spin Cycle Dyed in the Wool that is the yarn used in those Andrea Maori patterns of Shift Cowl, Shifty. Okay. I've it's been cold here in Dallas this week, and I've worn my shifty sweater um, several times. I really, I'm very warm-natured, so a lot of times a wool sweater is really uncomfortable for me. It's really, really a comfortable sweater for me to to, use, uh, to wear. And the spin cycle yarns are colorful and really bold, and once again, that probably doesn't appeal to a lot of people who don't right. like wild, crazy colors, but I really do, and I, I love their yarns. I have also discovered Stunning String Studio, Ooh. and I first saw them at, I think at DFW Fiberfest or maybe at a Stitches event a couple years ago, but they have some really lovely yarn, and the way they display it at these shows is really nice because they, they basically have every yarn and every color and every weight, mm -hmm. and so... Um, they just have a kind of a really neat display, and I, I recently knitted a, um, a little project for one of my kids as a Christmas gift using the Erin the weight, and oh. it was lovely. And they have some beautiful colors. And then the other yarn that I have not used, but I just think it's so fun to look at, is from Must Stash Yarn. Oh, I remember seeing them. Where it's this yes. self-striping mm -hmm. sock yarn. Right. And so, so cute. So interesting. They they have a website. It seems like their website frequently does not have a lot of stock because I think they kind of focus on selling their yarn at these shows. Okay. But I haven't personally used their yarn, but I just think it's really fun to look at. Right. Oh, I remember seeing that there. Amazing. Okay. Yes. So okay. what's misbehaving? Oh, my misbehave. You know, I was working on that poncho that has a really neat pattern to it. It's like a 21 line repeat. And um, I was knitting along on it about halfway through a row. Um, I'm doing the decreases at this point. And this, uh, the, 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 uh, 
pattern author has just pretty much said for the decrease on the wrong side row, do this on the first you know, two stitches, do this on the last two stitches to decrease. And so I kind of have to keep track um, of where I am and how many rows are gone. And so I was knitting along, I was halfway through, and um, we had a little thing happen <laughs> in Dallas. Uh, it was on October 20th. It was a tornado, an e EF3 tornado, and it came, oh, about a block from my house. And so I set it down mid-row and uh, took shelter. <laughs> and, you know, um, we were extremely lucky. Um, others around us, you know, just had a lot more devastation than we did, but still dealing with all of that. We didn't have power for a few days, clean up, all that kind of stuff. You know, I really didn't get around to picking that back up for a while. And when I finally did pick it up again, I thought that I counted right. <laughs> I thought that I knew where I was and I just, yeah, no. And so I messed it up. Then I pulled it back to my lifeline. That I messed it up somehow there. <laughs> and, Hold on. Yeah. And it's with like, everything, yeah, my mojo just went down the right. hill. The knitting, yeah. Once you get you get into a mistake, it's kind of like you just yeah. can't get yourself out yeah. of it. I think I think we've all been exactly. There. So yes. And so my save has kind of been um, at this moment in time. Um, just, you know, kind of getting beyond that, I would say. How about you? What, have you had a misbehave? My misbehave is a little story that I'd like to tell where once upon a time there was a knitter and she was going to be so good and use up her stash to make some Christmas gifts, some accessories, hats, scarves, you know, small things with leftover stash. And so she went on this mission of finding the perfect pattern to use her stash. And she found the perfect pattern, but somehow it didn't use the yarn that she already owned. And then, but then she fell madly in love with that pattern and had to have that pattern and only that pattern. Mm -hmm. And then she had to buy yarn and this yarn came in such great colors and she was making two of these items for gifts and one for herself so she ultimately had to buy three new skeins of yarn when her intent was to use up stash okay yeah <laughs> so, it happens you know but the good news is the yarn has a project Yay. So it's that's, all good. That's awesome. All right. Very, very good. So your save. Okay. Um, I think you already talked about your save. I did already talk about my save your in swift? a way. My swift. Yeah. You love your swift. I love my swift and it has it, swift. I'm, I'm adding a T there. That's it's a swift. S-W-I-F-F. Oh. -F. Swift. He's swift. And uh, yeah, I would say that that's really saving me a lot of time. Okay. Yes. And claims it takes her an hour to <laughs> wind a ball of yarn. Yeah. All right. So I don't much. believe her. We're going we're gonna to time her that someday. May, it may just feel like an right. hour. Yeah, I exactly. am one of these very weird people. When, they, when I buy yarn at the yarn shop, they say, oh, do you want us to wind that for you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I really, I love winding hmm. the balls, the yarn into my own balls. And it's like my, somebody called it their first date with the yarn. Oh, 
that's you, cute. You get to know it. You get to find, right. like, I was winding a ball of this Malabrigo the other night, and there was a knot in the middle. That happens? Yeah, I and find that a lot. So I undid the knot, and I ended up with two little balls instead of one. Hmm. Yeah, so. that's cute. I like that. All right. But my save is, since we're talking about yarn, okay. is a yarn substitution okay. site, cleverly called yarnsub.com. Oh, cute. And so if you have a pattern and it calls for a specific yarn, uh-huh. and for whatever reason you can't find it, maybe it's been discontinued or whatever, or maybe you just don't want to spend $34 a skein on it, right? right. <laughs> that go to yarnsub.com and type in the yarn that you're looking for, and it'll come up with several substitutions. And it's very interesting because it'll tell you the characteristics of the yarn that it's suggesting to substitute and like the percentage that it matches your yarn. So very handy site if you're having to substitute yarn. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. What are we craving? What am I craving? I am craving just still trying to get my mojo back. So, um, I'm craving, um, some mindless knitting. I'm knitting on a temperature blanket. It's just garter stitch. And it's just wonderful because at this moment I can just watch my favorite, uh, YouTube podcasters. One of my favorites, Anna Knitter, uh, from Austria just posted a, um, YouTube video not long ago. And I was doing a knit along with her for the temperature blanket and it just made me pull it back out and it got my you know, I'm getting my mojo back, and um, yeah, it's just a relaxing knit. All right, okay. So just chilling out. I'm chilling, and I am craving. I don't think I've talked about this before. Maybe I have. Um, attending Vogue Knitting Live Ooh, in New York City yes. in January. Lucky duck. I, I'm very excited. I'm going with my friend Pat, who <laughs> I mentioned in the last episode, I believe, and. So anyway, I'm just I'm just looking forward to that. Not, oh my not, gosh. Don't really know what to expect, but I'm sure it'll be great. That is exciting. Well, is I'm, that it for yarn? I think that is it for yarn. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Take it, care. And until then, <laughs> be brave. Thanks for listening. If you want more information about what we've talked about today, you can find show notes at braveknitting.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Ravelry. If you need to email us, we are at beebraveknitting at gmail.com.